tonight. God, you are awesome. You're wonderful. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to come uh, and learn more about you. We pray that the word that goes forth, God, will teach us how to produce more fruit. We thank you that we are everything that your word has said that we could be. We believe it. Therefore, we become it. We thank you that our lives are living manifestations of what heaven looks like in the earth. And we declare that we live according to what you have called us to do and that we do not grow weary. We do not faint. We do not stagger at any of your promises, but we walk upright according to what you have said. There is nothing lacking in our lives and no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we thank you that tonight, God, will be taught the word and that word will be change our lives forever more. In Jesus name. Amen. Y'all, I got a lot going on. It's like every kid, every kid in my house tonight want to be walking by doing something. So, but anyway, guys, I'll start with a testimony. Man, let me tell you, your 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 tithe and your offering is always working for you. Uh, this week, this past week, uh, some of you guys are my friends on Facebook or uh, follow me on Facebook or whatever. Um, I had. Uh, an opportunity to kind of get bothered. It was a couple of things that happened. First, Aiden was really happy one morning and jumping around the house, just playing and decided that he was going to do target practice. He wanted to take a little toy and try to aim it at our, ca- our TV cabinet. And he missed about three feet and bust our TV. And so it, it was broken. And so our TV no longer worked. Uh, and I just, I didn't pay much attention. We don't watch that TV a lot anyway in the living room. Uh, we don't watch a lot of TV, period, but it just was there. And I was like, whatever. But it was the most amazing thing uh, was that I didn't get upset about it. And I actually had to talk to the Lord about why I didn't get upset because I was like, I felt like I should have a right to get upset, but I didn't get upset. And the Lord was like, Ralph, it's just a TV. Like, like, what's the big deal? It's no different than him going in the kitchen and going to get a glass out the cabinet and drop, dropping the glass. The only reason you would get upset is because of the v- difference the, in value. A coffee cup is $2, a TV is 1000 He said, are you getting upset? Would you get upset based on the fact that it's broken or the fact of what it costs? Because if you're getting upset about what it costs, then who's your supplier? Yourself or, my, or, or, or God? I was like, God, yeah, you don't want to surprise. Well, I'll buy you a new TV, Ralph. There's no need to get upset. And so, so it just, we just got in the car and I just talked to him about don't throw stuff. And that was it. But in my mind, guys, in my flesh, I wanted to whoop him. I still wanted to, to spank him because it just seemed like it was the right thing to do, right? If I, when I grew up and you broke something in the house or something like that, you got to whoop it. And the Lord is, was really working on He's like, hey, look, you got to learn to trust me. You got to learn to to be able to move when I say move. If I say it's not a big deal, it doesn't matter what your flesh says. It doesn't matter what you want to do. It doesn't matter what you've experienced or, or the things or how you were even raised. If I say that this is how we're doing it, this is how we're doing it. Yeah, the Holy Ghost saved Aiden a lot. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. As a parent, there's be times I, mean, I want to whoop them. And the Holy Ghost was like, nope, that's not what we're doing today. But honestly, when I evaluated my life, it wasn't I was so concerned about him breaking that. That wasn't the issue. Because kids are going to be kids, right? 
the thing was i was going to be out of a thousand dollars that's really what was going to bother me no i said i got you so come to find out i got the thousand dollars got a new tv everything was good right but then i walk out to my truck and when i walked out to my truck i saw all this neon green liquid on the ground and i was like man what's that and so immediately in my mind i'm like aiden done done something again right aiden is the one in my family that does most stuff as you guys know uh and i'm like he done got some highlighters and just busted them all over the country well it wasn't highlighters it was all the uh free on for my suburban so now my suburban air conditioning is not working and so in this case last time i need money for the tv i got a thousand dollars i actually got more than that i was able to buy the tv without ever touching any money in my savings checking or anything so praise god for that and then now my car was broken and i didn't need money in this situation what i needed in this situation was some favor because i had a warranty on my car to cover it but man, nobody wanted to take the car warranty. I called eight different places. And then uh, I even took my car to a company who said that they will fix it. I left my car there for 24 hours. I called them to say, hey guys, are y'all finished? They said, no, we're not finished. Not only are we not finished, but we're not touching your car because we're not going to accept the warranty company. And I'm like, dang, so now it's four days. I don't have any air in my truck. Uh, and this is the car we drive the most. And so I'm like, okay, God, it's not that I need favor. I mean, money now, now I need favor. So as a tither, as a giver, these are the things that you promised me. So God, where can I take this car? And so long story short, God reminded me of places I took it before. I called them and they're like, it'll be four days before we can touch it. Well, I'm like, okay, let's just go. So I go up there and then I get the most rude service advisor ever. Like, this is what he asked me, y'all. I walk in there and I tell him the situation. And he says, when do you want your car back? And I said, well, sir, um, that's not really a question I can answer. I said, you're going to be working on it. I already know this is going to be a couple of days uh, based on he's, days and everything. He said, well, when do you want it back? And I was like, you could tell me that. He's like, no, when do you want your car back? Guys, I told this dude, I said, well, I would like, it was Thursday. I said, well, I would like it back Wednesday. He looks at me and says, well, we can't do that. And so in my mind, I'm like, I, I, like, why ask me, right? If you can't do it. And so we go back and forth like this for probably about five minutes and me just trying to explain and he being rude. And, and I'm, I'm like, okay, God, this is where you told me to go. Because sometimes in life, you do what God says do, but you encounter something that looks contrary to God. But you got to go back to 1 Corinthians. You got to be unmovable. You got to be steadfast. You got to stand in there. I stood in there when I wanted to say something crazy to him. And just as I was going, I told April I was about to uh, walk out because I don't, I'm not rude to people. I'm just like, I just figured this out. This lady comes through and said, hey, I remember you. Now, guys, I ain't been there. I brought my car there, but I haven't been back there but one time to get it fixed. So I'm like, she don't really remember me, but she 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 tells me, hey, 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 I remember you. Now, I, and in my mind, I'm like, you can't remember me. She says, I just fixed this on your car a little while ago. And then my, and I'm like, no, you didn't. But but that was what? That was favor working on my behalf. She says, don't worry about him. She grabs a clipboard and walks me out 
outside and says, I got this. She says, I will get your car looked at tomorrow. So she gets the car looked at, and then I was expecting to have to pay some money uh, for the uh, procedure, I mean, for the procedure, for the repair. Well, she calls me and says, hey, it's only going to be $100, which is my deductible. I said, why isn't it more? She says, I got them to cover everything. And I was like, praise God, because I thought it was going to be a couple more hundred dollars. And so I said all that to say, guys, when God tells you to do something, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter who you encounter along the way. It doesn't matter the note that you may get. Just hang in there. Why? Because God will cause favor to be shown to you. And as a tither, as a giver, a lot of times we don't take advantage of all the benefits that we get, right? So in a situation that the, the repair on the car was supposed to probably cost me $700 and the new TV was $1,000 and all I had to spend was $100. And honestly, I didn't have to spend that because the increase that I got was more than that to pay for both of them. Why? Because God is always looking out for you. He is always looking out for you. Why? Because the blessing is all, is on you and the and the job of the blessing is to empower you to with favor to empower you with 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 endowment to do what you can do on your own. That's what it is. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight is the blessing. All right. The blessing, the blessing. And what's my part in manifestation? Right. So I told that testimony because, man, that was really good to me. Why? Because I'm growing up, guys. And a lot that I teach y'all on Wednesday is just stuff that I, I'm studying myself because I had I, last week we talked about faith and how it comes. And this week we're talking about manifestation because all those things that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean and, and, and Minister Chandra, all those faith confessions, all those things, those are good to read. But if you don't have faith attached and you don't understand that you're already the blessed of the Lord. See, the house is not the blessing. It's the effect of a blessing. The car is not the blessing. It's an effect of a blessing. The healing is not the blessing. It's an effect of the blessing. And when you as a human being attach your ability or your or your your blessing to tangible things, what happens is you minimize the power because if I don't have things in my life that quote look blessed, then I think that I'm not blessed. And if I think that I'm not blessed, then I don't have the ability to walk in the full power and extent in which God has given me to manifest the life that he has already ordained for me to live in, right? And, and you guys get that because when you talk about the wind, right? We, we talk about the nature of things. So we talk about, if I said, hey, the wind, you're like, yeah, I, I hear the wind or I see the wind. But honestly, you don't hear the wind or see the wind. What you observe are the effects of the wind. And so you can't get caught up in thinking that you're not blessed because your bank account isn't overflowing, that you're not blessed because you don't have the newest car that's, that's being driven right now, that you're not blessed because you're not this or you're not that. Baby, I want to tell you tonight that you are blessed. You're not going to get any more blessed than you already are. 
You're not going to get any more blessed than you already are. As a believer, when I gave my life to Christ, the blessing came on my life to give me the ability to do what I couldn't do on my own. So go ahead and make this confession. Say, I have a role in seeing that the blessing produces in my life. I have a role in seeing that the blessing produces what God desires. I have a role in seeing that the blessing produces what God desires. So I am already blessed, but I got a role to play. I got a role to play. The blessing itself is a supernatural empowerment of God that allows you to live a life that God has already intended you to live. So God blessed us so that we can live the life that he has ordained for us to live. That's why we've been blessed. And I love the way that Pastor Dollar says that he says, the blessing is God's ability put on your ability to give you the ability to do what you couldn't do before. That's why God blessed Adam. That's why if you go over to uh, Genesis, that's why God blessed Adam in, in Genesis 1 and 28. It says, God blessed them and said, be fertile, increase in number, fill the earth and be its master. Rule the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that crawl on the earth. At that moment, God invested all of his power, all of his ability all of his uh, authority into man and gave man the official authority to do what he has done or he, he was able to do. So God wasn't asking Adam to run the earth through his own effort and his own hard work. He was asking Adam to allow the blessing to do what it was designed to do. Go ahead and type that, say, I will let the blessing do what it was designed to do. When Jen and God blessed them and said, when he told Adam, be fertile, fertile, increase and multiply, subdue, all right? Fill the earth, be its master, rule the fish and the birds in the sky. He wasn't asking Adam to do that in his flesh. He was saying, Adam, I have blessed you. Let the blessing cause you to be fertile. Let the blessing cause you to be able to multiply. Let the blessing cause you to be able to have dominion. Let the blessing cause you to be able to subdue. Let the blessing do what it was designed to do. Why? Because the blessing is God's super on top of your natural, making it a supernatural ability to get things done. That's what God was telling Adam to do. So right now, you're as blessed as you will ever be. You're not blessed because you have something. You're blessed because you're a born-again believer, and God has called you that. Go, let's go back. to Let's go to Proverbs 10 and 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and it adds no sorrow with it. That, I mean, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and it adds no sorrow with it. I like what the God's words translation says, it because this is, this is where we can get free. It says, it's the Lord's blessing that makes a person rich and hard works adds nothing to it. See, a lot of us like to go out there and we, and unlike, I mean, we want to do it. We, we hear God say, hey, hey, Ralph, take your car over here. And then we, instead of going in there and just doing what God has asked you to do, which is standing still or being quiet, we want to put our own effort into things. And here's the thing. 
Anything that's done outside of the will of God applies break or applies pressure to the blessing. So the blessing flows through faith and obedience. So anytime I do something that's contrary to what God has asked me to do, it's disobedience and disobedience applies breaks or pressure to the blessing and, and prohibits it from operating in our lives. Though I am blessed, my disobedience operates as a break to the blessing. Though I am blessed, when I dis, when I walk outside the will of God, it applies a break to the blessing because the blessing flows through those who operate in faith. It says the blessing is the nature of God's power, God's ability, and God's anointing to bring about prosperity, success, and favor. So the blessing's job is to bring prosperity. The blessing's job is to bring success. The blessing's job is to bring favor. I needed all of those things this past week. I need them every day of my life. But uh, but in my testimony, I talked, it wasn't anything that Ralph, it wasn't about me. And that's the other thing that God kept telling me. He said, Ralph, stop centering yourself. You always, I mean, as humans, we always want to put ourselves in the middle. Proverbs 10 and 22, it is the Lord's blessing that makes a person rich. He has commanded his blessings towards us it's, and hard work add nothing to it. So it ain't nothing that I am doing. It ain't no work I can do to cause God to bless me. My hard work doesn't make God's blessing any stronger. My hard work doesn't make God's bless. It doesn't impact God's blessing in the sense that it's on me. What it does my disobedience, my hard work, my sorrow through 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 to toiling causes God's blessing to be inoperative in my life because my disobedience operates as a break to that, to the manifestation of that. And so what I got to understand is this, is that I got a part to play. I have a part to play. I have a part to play. And my part to play is, and it goes back to what we always been talking about, is obedience. Every time I choose to obey God, then the blessing is able to operate in my life fully. It operate able to operate in my life fully. All right, I'm sorry. So, remember, we are not working for the blessing. Say this, I am, I like that, Paula. I'm already blessed. I am already blessed. I'm not trying to get blessed. I am already blessed. I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. Don't define yourself. And I, I'm just going to tell you about myself, all right? Because sometimes we talk about a lot of things, and I can give you a lot of scripture. I'm just going to tell you about myself. There was a time that I felt like God wasn't working in my life if I wasn't getting stuff, right? If if I if this wouldn't happen and then this wouldn't happen, then I felt like I wasn't blessed. And, and that was a trick of the enemy to get me to understand, to try to get me to relate God's power to a tangible thing. But the wind, just because you can't hear it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you don't see leaves not moving doesn't mean it's not there. The wind is not indicative of your ability to observe it based off your eyes or your senses, right? It's still present. Whether you can see it, hear it, or feel it, 
the wind is still present, just like the blessing is always present. And so what you got to understand is that I am just as blessed with a million dollars as I am with five dollars. Why? Because the blessing isn't the tangible thing. It is the anointing of God that lives on my life that has the ability to produce a tangible thing. Money is a byproduct. The house is a byproduct. Favor is a byproduct. All of those are byproducts. So you got to see yourself blessed before you experience the, the uh, byproducts of being blessed. But if you are always looking for the byproducts of being blessed to determine whether you're blessed, then you'll walk around walking in much less power than you have endowed to you already, according to Genesis 1 and 8. All right. Does that make sense to you? I, I will not define my, my, my blessing based off something that I see. Because that's not that's not what it is. And Galatians, Galatians 3, it says this. It says, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, right? You got a blessing, you got a curse. The blessment is an empowerment to prosper. The curse is an empowerment to, to fail. It says, for it is written, empowered to fail is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we are not living under the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the empowerment to fail, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. That what? Christ took all the byproducts of the curse. He took all the empowerments to fail. That's why your haters can't cause you to fail. The enemy can't cause you to fail. The world can't cause you to fail. The economy can't cause you to fail. Anything that could cause you to fail, Christ has already taken care of those things on your behalf. That the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles, it's you and me, through Jesus Christ. So the empowerment to prosper that was on Abraham's life is also on my life so that we may receive the promise. What's the promise? Of the spirit through what? Through faith. So through faith, I have the ability to have the promise of the spirit who empowers me to do what God needs me to do in order to produce what God told me I can have. So the blessing itself was held in trust. You know, so for example, uh, if you got your estate set up uh, in, a, in a certain way, when, when you die, your things may go into what they call a trust. And what the trust does it is it, set up as a legal uh, vehicle set up to take care of your estate when you are when you pass away, so that your kids and all of those things in your lineage may be taken care of. And so, what the blessing was when at when when God blessed Adam in the beginning and gave him instructions, he he put his super on. Adam's natural to give him the ability to walk out the things that God wanted him to do. But when Adam sinned, that empowerment through the spirit 
access by faith was taken away. And so God said, what I did, I had Christ come to the earth so that he may become, he may take care of all of the byproduct of the curse, the empowerment to fail. And through his death, you now have become a benefactor of the trust and in the trust I have placed the blessing. So as a believer in Christ, when I accept Christ as my Lord and my savior, when I believe that God raised him from the dead, through that I access the trust and in the trust is the blessing, the empowerment to prosper. So there is nothing else I gotta do to possess the blessing. The blessing belongs to me. That's why he says that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through who? Jesus Christ. So I am not doing anything else to be blessed. By salvation, the blessing is a byproduct of being saved. So, so you, people are like, well, I'm blessed because the only reason you bless is because you, by your faith. Your faith in what? Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, you are blessed. Through Jesus, you are blessed. There's no work that you can do to be blessed. And why am I harping on that? Because if you understand that you are blessed by faith, then you won't allow the enemy to, to uh, deter you and make you still think that you live under the law. And when you're like, well, Ralph, I don't think that. Yes, you do. When you begin to have condemnation because of something you've done, right? And you've asked God for forgiveness of it, but you still feel bad about it and you disqualify yourself based on an act that you did, you're living according to the law because according to the law, if you didn't fulfill everything, then you were disqualified from it, right? And so though you're not under the law, you live under grace, your mindset, if you're not careful, will hold you to the standards of the law and you will disqualify yourself from the very things that you are able to access through the trust, which is the blessing. And so when I understand that I am blessed by faith, when I understand that nothing can, that, that through forgiveness, that Jesus Christ became a curse so that I wouldn't have to uh, suffer the impact of the curse, then I can simply enjoy the benefits of being blessed. That's why, that's what Aiden did. That's what Aiden did. Aiden, I mean, that's what Aiden did. Aiden threw something and busted TV. And the first thing Aiden did, cause I had, uh, uh, cause I had it on camera. The first thing I went to my little camera and I looked, he threw that little toy. It hit the TV, made a loud noise. The next thing that boy did was turn around and sprint it and found me. He said, daddy, I made a mistake. He brought me to the TV and said, look now, my Aiden is extremely intelligent when it comes to technology. I thought this dude had got on his Chromebook something and cast a broken picture on my TV. I didn't really think it was broke. He's like, no, daddy, look, look. And finally, after a couple uh, of those little pictures had gone through on our Google thing, and I was like, dude, you broke the TV. He said, yeah, this is what happened. When you understand that Christ, right, when you understand that Christ had become the curse and took the took all the punishment of that curse, then you're able to run to your father even in situations that you know that you're wrong. Why? Because at the end of the day, Jesus has already paid all the consequences of sin. God, I made a mistake. You know, you said to go left, but somehow I ended up going right. It is not my will to be out 
to, to go against the Father's will, but this is where I found myself, God. I need your help. But what the enemy does, he makes you think that because you got yourself in this situation, you got to get yourself out of this situation and you can't go ask God for help because that's who you are disobedient to. But when you understand the love of a father, you understand that no matter where you find yourself, no matter the things that you have done, no matter the consequences, the whooping you think you may deserve for doing what you have done, you can always come back home to your father. Why? Because it is his good pleasure to take care of you. It is his good pleasure to provide for you. It was his ideal to put you in this earth. It was his ideal to, to increase you. It was his ideal to bless you. It was his ideal to call you prosperous. It is his ideal to call you healed. It is his ideal. And he knew everything that you would do that would not be, go according to what he has asked you to do, but still he chose to make you and put you in the earth. So baby, you can run to your your daddy, no matter where you find yourself. And Aiden ran and told me. And see, the spirit raises, the spirit is so much different from my flesh. Aiden knows how much I love him. Aiden knows that if he comes and tells the truth, that he had a much better chance than if he lies. And see, that's what happens when you understand the love of a father. See, you out here making mistakes you out here doing things and you're disqualifying yourself when god is saying just come back to me i'll teach you how to handle that just come back to me i'll teach you how to walk through this just come back to me but you feel like you can't even come back to god come on home come home why because through jesus christ he became a curse he took care he redeemed you so you got the ability to come home. You got the ability to come back to God and just say, God, I messed up. And here's the thing. The blessing is still on your life. The next day, and this is what this is what happens. The very next day when I dropped, no, it wasn't even the next day. It was on our way to school. I got into the car ride line. I got into the car ride line uh, and I was dropping him off. And he said, hey, daddy, you know the book for us going on. Uh, and so are you going to give me some cash or are you going to add it to my e-wallet? He said, matter of fact, daddy, just add it to my e-wallet. I didn't even respond to Aiden, right? I didn't respond to him. This boy came home with books because I did. I put the money on there. I didn't tell him though. He came home with books. I said, Aiden, how'd you get those books? He said, because I went to the book fair. He said, how? I said, how would you know that there would be money at the book fair? He says, because I know your heart. And I know, he said, I know my daddy. That's what he told me. He said, I know you was going to do it. Why? Because he understood that though he broke the TV, it had nothing to do with the fact that I'll do for him. And see so many, that's what understanding the blessing is. Understanding the blessing is this. He didn't go out trying to do that. He, did, he messed up. Yes. It cost the family money. Yes. But you got to understand that the kingdom doesn't run out. So, so even if you go out and, and something happens and, and you have to use the money that you just got, you act like the kingdom doesn't have more money. And see, that's the problem with a lot of us. We are so afraid to spend what we have saved because if we spend it, it may not come back. That's a sign that you don't understand that you're blessed. Because if you understand that you're blessed and the blessing is operating in your life, you have no fear of spending. You have no fear of spending. 
Why? Because every time you go back, you know that it'll always be there. Why? Because the empowerment of God living on my life gives me the ability to do and to receive and to have favor that I wouldn't only be able to have and receive in my life. So we are all blessed, but not everyone actually enjoys the benefits of the blessing. Why? Because we do not do our part in manifesting the will of God. Our part to manifestation will require an unwavering commitment to the word of God that causes you to employ patience in the midst of what looks like stagnant times. Man, understanding the blessing is hand in hand with understanding Understanding the blessing, I'm sorry, I was trying to read some of your comments. Understanding the blessing goes hand in hand with understanding the love of God. Because I'm telling you, as I look back over my life, I could see times where I put, I put, I break the blessing through disobedience. And here, here's another example. Uh, I, the money is good for blessing God and blessing people. But there will be things that I wanted that I wouldn't even buy for myself because I felt like it was too much. I felt like it was too extravagant or I didn't feel like I needed that. And I, I thank God for people in my life that make me grow up, you know? Uh, I praise God for them, Pastor John, thank you. Uh, that just make you grow up, right? Because if you're not careful, you'll be living for God while being too cheap to enjoy the true essence of the blessing. The blessing has nothing to do with scarcity. The blessing isn't has nothing to do with 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 uh, taking care of other people, but not taking care of yourself. The blessing isn't about having to always save, but not being able to spend. I was about to say, call my name. You know, you're talking about <laughs> right. Hey, I'm thankful for uh for people. Why? Because check it out. You could have all the power of God resting on your life, but your disobedience to spend, your disobedience to give, your disobedience to expect favor, your disobedience to walk out those things the way that God told you to walk them out are pumping the brake on the ability of the blessing to be God's super on top of your natural. And see, God told you to take the job and you didn't. And you wonder why you ain't you where you are because your disobedience puts a break on the blessing. Why? Because the effect of the blessing can't take place unless you understand that you got a part to play in the manifestation of it. Yeah, you're right. Y'all all right. Poverty man mindset. You can I make more money than I ever made in my life. April makes more money than she ever made in her life. We 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 have good jobs, right? And they have nice incomes. But still, if you're not careful, you could still be living with a poverty mindset when you don't understand that you're blessed. And it's crazy because the Lord told me last year, he said, Ralph, your savings will look lower than you have ever seen them look before. But don't worry about it. He said, Ralph, this year you'll give more than you ever gave before. But don't you worry about it. He says, and that's all he told me. And, and I was like, and as this year has progressed, I've given more than I've ever given. And our savings, if you just look at the number, doesn't look like they normally have looked in the past. 
And, and, but every time, and this is a cycle I'm seeing in my life now. Thank you, Pastor Sean. I'm gonna keep saying it. This is a cycle I'm seeing in my life right now. Oh, yes, there are people who are struggling with their praying, but not obeying. Absolutely. Why? Because when you disobey, you break the blessing. Not break as in B-R-E-A-K, but break as in B-R-A-K-E. You put a stopper there. So the effects of the blessing can't show up because you're disobedient. And so, so what I was saying was, so when that that occurs, you got to have people. That's what Pastor Evan was talking about, tame your team. You got to have people in your life to push you, right? I can't get so comfortable in the life that I live now and, and that it's the better life. I'm living the best life I've ever li lived so far, but it's not the the best life that God has for me. And so if you're not careful, you'll let living a better life than you've ever experienced cause you not to experience God's best life for you. And so the way that I live my best life is that I spend the way that God says spend. And so, man, I, this year I've gone back every time. April's car, and I, and I don't mind talking about my money because it's my money. April's car was two grand. Her tires was another thousand. Tires. The TV was a thousand. My car repair was was uh, only a hundred. And then there's a couple of other things that happened this year. There've been two thousand, three thousand here. And every time, dude, I go back, the money was there. And, God, and, and so this year, I've, I've got to say, I'm showing you that you can trust me. I'm showing that you don't got to, you don't got to be concerned about having 50 grand, 100 grand in the bank. Now, I will have that. I have, you know, that ain't no, but he's saying, trust me, right? I, I'm, I'm teaching you to trust me. I'm teaching you to flow with me. I'm teaching you just to go with me. Why? Because so many times your comfort is in what you have saved and it's not in God. Your comfort is in what you can see and it's not in God. And so what God has taught me this year and continually teach me is that if you trust me to do it, then I'll always provide for me. Why? Because the blessing is on your life, Ralph. You have given from the time I've told you to give. And see, as a tither, I have tithed ever since I was 18 years old and went off to college and I was on my own. I've tithed off everything that came in my house. I've given offerings every time that God has told me to give. Uh, well, most of the times God has told me to give, because I ain't going to lie. There's a couple of times it was choke level, and I, 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 I paused, but I came back to it. And God was like, I want to prove. Let me prove who I am. Let me show you what I have set up for you. Let the blessing work. And so then you go out and you be obedient to God. And see, obedience looks different for everybody. Like, like I have no, no problem obeying God in the job, right? That wasn't my area. I had no problem with obeying God with doing refreshed Bible study. That wasn't my area. Well, I did at first, but not anymore. I didn't have an issue with that. And see, see, my problem with obedience was spending money on myself and spending money on things that I felt like I didn't need. The only time I would buy new shoes if the old shoes were broke. The only time that I would I, I would replace something like the TV was when it was broke. The only time I would do any of those things was when it broke. And God said, here, son, I want to lavish you. I want you to live a much better life than you, than you live. But the only time you do something is when it's broke. And so do you think that the kingdom can only promote you when something's broke? Because if that's what you think, 
then every time in your life for God to get something new to you, something else got to break. But God's saying, I want you to have more. You can have what you can have this house and still have another one. You can have this TV and still have another one. You can buy things just because you want things. Ralph, you can buy things just because you want things. You can buy things. Here, go ahead. I can. Now, now, I ain't talking to everybody. Time out. Some of y'all on the other side, you buy too much. You need to stop. You, God ain't telling you to buy nothing else. He's telling you to put the credit cards up. He's God, but he's telling you to stop going to the dealer semi-annual sale because every year you don't got the money. And every year you charge $500 on that dealer's card and you end up paying $1,200 in interest because you're still paying on what you brought back in 2020, 2017. And it's 2021. God ain't telling everybody, I told you, some of y'all, God's telling you that, that the boo ain't your boo. Some of y'all, God's telling you that, that the uh, job you own isn't appreciating you and it's time to go do something else. Some of you got, God's telling some of y'all to take a job, any job, pick a job, not knowing to be there. But, but you like, well, God, this isn't what I like. It ain't about what you like. It's about what God wants. See, we want, to, we want to put God in a box and say, okay, God, well, if it looks like this, if it makes me feel like this, if this happens, if the butterfly lands on the steps as I walk in to do the interview, then I know this is from you, God. Uh-uh. See, that same God you went to and asked about X and heard so clearly, you heard him about that job too. You just don't want to do it. You bro being broke is a choice. Being broke is a choice for a lot of people. Being broke is a, for a believer, being broke is a choice because your father has more. But if you choose to operate in disobedience, God is not obligated to fund what you want to do in your own life. Perfectly said, Pastor Sean. Faith is doing what he said, not what I want. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be times when you walk in faith and, and walking in faith is, is scary at times to your flesh. Your spirit, man, is always aligned. Faith, walking in faith is, is challenging because I, I tell you, I tell you, I can go spend whatever amount of money on my kids and my wife, but it's difficult for me to do that same for myself. I mean, it's difficult. But why would I be willing to bless other people and not bless myself? That's in my personal issue, right? So that's something God is walking me through because it's an issue that I have in an area of my life. Now, that, that may not be your area. So what I'm telling you is job is your area. Take the job. Well, it does, it ain't what I'm, I'm, I'm used to doing. And? And? Noah wasn't used to building a boat when he built it. Peter wasn't used to walking on water when he walked on it. Adam wasn't used to naming animals from dirt when he named them. It's going to be a lot of stuff that you're not used to that God called you to do. That's why he says in 1 Corinthians 15 to do what? But thanks be to God, which gives us a victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, in verse 58, my beloved, be ye steadfast, unmovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that your labor is not in vain. In other words, your obedience is not useless. That's what another, I thought I put it in here. I don't think I did. What you do for the Lord is not useless. You do understand that following God is not comfortable. Following God it is not something that's going to be roses every day. Following God isn't something that's going to be pleasing to you all the time. It's not convenient. It's not comfortable. And it's oftentimes seems very crazy to your flesh to follow God, but follow anyway. Why? Because it says like Father Abraham in Romans 4, he staggered not at the promises of God. Why? He, he, he hoped against hope. That's what it says in verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he may become the father of many nations. First of all, he had a word from God. The word from, we talked about last week, where does the will of God start? The will of God starts. I mean, faith starts where the will of God is known. You got, God and told you, go get a job. God and told you that this job is yours. You out here, pulling to Abraham with his servant. You out here saying, no, I'm just going to stay home. You're trying to give birth to what God told you to do, to, told you you can have through an alternative means. That's not what he said. That's not what he said do. He says, this is your job. He didn't say stay unemployed and try to get a check. He didn't say stay unemployed and, and try to live off other people. He didn't say that. He said, go get a job. He didn't even tell you where to work. He said, just go get a job. See, for a lot of us, your, our pride gets in the way of obedience. You think you're too good to do some things. And see, think about that man. I forget his name, but the story, uh, gosh, what was his name? Anyway, he came to Jesus and he needed healing. And Jesus told him to go dip uh, in the river, the dirty river. And he wasn't going to do it. And his servant said, but look, master, just, just do what he says do. Just go do what he says do. And he did it, right? Name it. Thank you, Chandra. Not name it, right? He, he thought he was too good for that. And see, some of you are broke because you're too good to be prosperous. God wants you to go out there and work at the McDonald's, but you're too good to go to McDonald's. God has a plan for you at McDonald's, but you're too good for McDonald's. So you won't take that plan. You won't dip in the joint. You won't do it seven times, right? And so you go away and you're not healed. Your pride gets in the way of that. See, God, I mean, everything that God asks you to do won't make sense to your flesh. Everything that God asks you to do won't look good to society. Everything that God asks you to do won't be things that other people in your family has done. Everything that God asks you to do, there won't be a roadmap, a course, a book that you can read to get it done. Everything that God asks you to do, though, the blessing, his super on top of your natural gives you the ability to get done what you couldn't do without him. So just like God told Adam to multiply, subdue, have dominion. And he wasn't asking Adam to do that in his own flesh. What he was telling Adam to is let the blessing do what it was designed to do. So what's your pride caught? What, 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 what's your pride doing for your life, right? Because I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Like 
the Lord would have to tell me not to go work at McDonald's. I got three kids and a wife. They they laid me off today, right? They laid me. I'm like, Lord, what we doing? But here's the thing that a lot of believers miss. In the middle of waiting on myself hearing God, I'm going to get a paycheck from somewhere. See, y'all want to sit and chill. See, see, in the middle of waiting for my wife, I wasn't waiting to get be better as a man till I got married. I was going to be the best man I could be even while I was single. Woman, you don't need no man to be whole. You whole all by yourself. You don't want to bring an incomplete self to no relationship. No way. Y'all want to wanna, see, you take the scripture. I mean, you take God like as I wait on hearing God. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing with that. Because I'm, I'm talking about the blessing. Sometimes you are so emotionally involved in situations that you can't hear God clearly for yourself. And so in times like that, yeah, Pastor Evan need to come back and teach his whole uh being lazy, sleeping too much, operating an excellent series. I used to love those from McNair, man. I was reading Proverbs today, uh, <laughs> and I thought about that message. But uh, sometimes what happens is, is that you don't see God's best for your life, and you don't experience God's best for your life, because ultimately God isn't doing it the way you want it to be done. God I, I just want, God told you to start the business and you made your first post and got two lights and now the whole business is going in the trash because that can't be God, right? Two lights, everybody's supposed to like myself because God said it's going to work out that way because as I was reading the, uh, reading the scriptures and as I, I was going through this day and I was like, okay, all right, God, you said we're, we're blessed and everything like that. You add no sorrow to it and there'll be no hard work as any. Uh, and hard work adds nothing to it. I'm like, okay, God, I'm hearing you. And I'm like, well, God, where's the breakdown? I'm like, because in my opinion, following God does take work. He says, Ralph, he says, the hard work is work done outside of my will. That's hard work. Hard work is work done outside of my will because any work done within my will, I've told you, that my spirit living on inside of you will both give you the, the, the desire to do what pleases me. That's what he says in Philippians. He says, my spirit dwelling on the inside of you will give you the desire and the ability to do what pleases me. So if you just allow the blessing to do what it's designed to do, if you don't cave in, if you don't quit, if you don't do those things that... Uh, uh, that people do in their natural, if you just let the blessing do what it's designed to do and you don't quit, then I will ensure that the favor shows up. See, if, if I would have let my flesh do what it wanted to do in that, in that, uh, uh, at, at Crane Hyundai the other day and talk bad to that guy, right? If I would just let my flesh do what it, if I would have stepped outside of that and I, and see, that was easy work to my flesh, but it was hard work to the spirit. 
I'm going to let y'all say off on that. It was easy work to talk bad to that service advisor. It was easy work to decline that job. It was easy work to go after her because she looked like everything I wanted her to look like. It was easy work to take that job because it made more money than I had ever made in my life. It was easy work to go to dealers and spend that money because I, I wanted them clothes and they looked good because Jesus, I know God told me not to, but it was easy work to my flesh. Work that's easy to your flesh is almost always opposite of what God wants you to do. That's the hard work that prevents you from inheriting the benefits of the blessing. So when I allow, when I allow the word of God to lead me, two things. When I allow the word of God to lead me, it always leads me to prosperity. But as I wait, because I'm not, as I wait on hearing God, unless God says no to working at McDonald's, I go work at McDonald's. I, see, I didn't always drive the best of cars. You know, the first car I got was a Mazda 66, but I always believed God I'll drive something different. I didn't tear, I didn't, I didn't decline the Mazda because it wasn't a Mercedes. I didn't, I didn't see, I always believed God that he would take care of my housing, right? When I went to the University of Arkansas, I stayed in housing for free. I got a scholarship. I didn't decline staying in Yoakum Hall because it wasn't a, a single family home. I know God promised me a house, paid for, but I didn't decline the dorm because it wasn't a house. I took the dorm. God, I thank you. I thank you that this, this, this free housing right here is it, just an ear of what you're trying to do and show me in my life. Thank you for the free housing, God. It's an indication of the word that you're going to give me more houses to be true. I just moved on. And then when I got an apartment, because me and April got married, and, and, and we had the opportunity to do some things, and the Lord was like, stay here anyway, right? Stay here anyway. Now, there's a bunch of people who said I should do something different, or I can do that. And see, some of y'all are in situations right now because you listen to people because based on what they wouldn't do. Just because they wouldn't do it doesn't mean God has not called you to do it. None of my friends at the time I know would have stayed in Carson Terrace. They thought it was run down. It was everything. But God told me in April to that's where we was going to stay. And we felt like we could stay there. I went in there and I fixed up that apartment in such a way that they didn't want to change it when we left. But, but if you're not careful, you'll be living your life based off what, that's why you got to tame your team. You'll be living your life not based off of a blessing that lives on your life, but you'll be living your life based off what your friends and other people think it's good and what they would or would not do. No friends didn't think building that ship, building that boat was necessary. We did need to. We had a lot of fun at Carson Terrace. Uh, no one didn't think his friend, I mean, the Bible didn't even record how anybody came out and helped him besides his sons, right? People will think you crazy when you're, this is what we got to understand, what Pastor Strick and what Pastor Shun and Pastor Nietzsche, what God has called them to do, we're all family. We're all good friends. But 
but God has all called us to uniquely impact the kingdom in a way that each other may not impact the kingdom. And so just because it wouldn't be something that Pastor Edwin would do doesn't mean it's not something God has called me to do. So I can, and that's why it's also important to tame your team, to have people on your team that will say, hey, Ralph, follow God. Because they're not concerned about whether it's something they'll do or not. They're more concerned about you living kingdom. But when you got a team of people, they don't want your feelings to get hurt. Oh, that dream's too big, April. You, can, you can't be a millionaire and be a registered nurse at the same time. I, I remember at the time, I'll tell you the truth. I believed that I could make, I, I didn't know I could make the amount of money I make and be an educator. But God and Pastor Edwin and him coaching. And was like, look, this is what you can do. And he set the record. He, he went before me. So you got to be willing to do that. All right. Let's finish up. It's one, we're at an hour. So, so in Romans 4, it says, so how do we fit with what we know of Abram, Abraham, our first father in faith, into this new way of looking at things? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. He trusted God. So my question to you tonight is Romans 4 verse 3. Are you like Abraham? Are you entering into what God was, is doing for you? Because that's going to be your turning point. Your turning point is being, he said, he trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. I don't got time to be right. I don't got time to be holding on to money that God has told me to sow. I don't got time to be holding on to money that, that belongs to God because it's the tithe. I don't got time to be withholding my tongue instead of telling the person I don't like that I love them because that's what God's told me to do. Every time I choose to go my own way, I choose to deny the benefits of the blessing. I choose to deny the favor. I choose to deny the prosperity. I choose to deny the provision. Every time I go my own way, then it it's a turning point, but in the wrong direction. So Abraham said, I entered into what God was doing for my life. And that was my turning point. He says, I trusted him instead of trying to be right on my own. So tonight, guys, don't try to be right on your own. Don't, don't, don't try to figure it out all by yourself. Go to the word. Why? Because everything you're doing anyway by your on your own, you don't got faith for it. Why? Because in order to have faith, you got to have a word of God. And if you don't got a word of God, then you don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, God doesn't back it. It's that easy. You don't have the faith to be at home unemployed because God didn't give you a word to be at home unemployed. You don't have the faith to be in a relationship because God had told you you could be in a relationship. You don't have the faith, right, to, to move. Because God ain't told you to move. Now, you can want to move and you can use scripture to support you moving. But unless you got a word from God, you can't have faith for moving. And so that's what Abraham said. He said, you know what? 
I tried to have faith for this thing God promised me in the sun. So I went and slept with my handmaiden. But that ain't that ain't it. So what I need to do is follow the will for do what God is already doing in my life. I need to enter into what he's done. So he went and slept with his own wife. Consider not the deadness of Sarah's womb or his age, and they had a child. Why? Because you enter into what God has already finished, and you'll see what God has already done. All right. So he trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. So that that's the word for tonight. Understand your role of obedience is what releases the full power of the blessing to produce in your life. So be obedient. Sanctification still matters. Some of that, some of that's old school, but it's, it's, it, it never gets old, right? We call it old school. Sanctification matters. Obedience matters. All right. Disobedience matters. All those things matters. And so, number one, recapping, you are blessed. You're not trying to get blessed. You won't will be blessed. You are already blessed. The blessing is not a tangible thing. The blessing, blessing is an empowerment. It's God's uh, it's God's super on top of your natural. It's God's ability on top of your ability to give you the ability to do what you couldn't do on your own. And the, here's, here's one more thing is that God said, God, this is what God told me. Uh, and Pastor Sean, I mean, she'd be hearing God because she confirmed it. She's like, he was like, Raph, you don't even give the blessing the opportunity to operate in your life. Because you don't dream big enough. And then it was crazy because then a couple of weeks later, it's been a couple of weeks now, Pastor Sean said, go ask God how he wants you to live. A lot of us live these lives where we're not even asking God. Like we're not, we don't have a dream that's so big that we can't plan it out on our own. We don't have a dream that's so big that we can't fit maneuver into how we can make that come to pass. It's not until you got dreams so big. <laughs> oh, I love that. Pastor. It was a heck try living with it. Uh, it ain't till you got dreams so big that you truly give God the opportunity to be God in your life. So she said, go back and said, hey, ask God how you how you're supposed to live. Ask God what he wants you to have. So I challenge you to ask God that. As you get your offering ready and, uh, and, and you queue up tidily and push pay and, and text to give and all those things, ask God. God, how do you want me to live? Because I didn't get to it in my notes, but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Being victorious is not an if, but it's in how. So God, being victorious, having a good family, being rich and prosperous, having peace in your mind, it's not an if, it's in how. So God, how do you want me to live? How do you want me to acquire this peace? How am I supposed to have a good marriage? How? We got to retrain our mind to understand that the promises of God were guaranteed by himself. So he said, he swore by himself that these things will happen. So it's not if they'll come to pass, it's how they come to pass. 
How in my marriage do I make it look like what you said, God? How in my life do I produce the healing that you've already provided for me? How in my life do I walk in the prosperity that you told me that I can have in your word? How, God? How? And what do you want me to have? That's good, Pastor Most of us don't live beyond, beyond what we can understand. We don't give faith a chance to work. We miss out on all the ways God will be good to us and miss any opportunities to be good to others. And so, and you got pastors like Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, guys, when we got pastors like them, man, we should just listen. We don't gotta, I'll be honest with you. I'm in year 20 with them, going on 21. I ain't liked everything they said. Just the other day, Pastor Sean sat across the table and told me something. And I was just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Why argue? Because here's the thing. When I say I trust them with my life, I trust them with my life. She told, she sat across the table and she said, Ralph, how long are you going to let that TV be broke? When, no, she said, Ralph, when are you going to get a new TV? I said, I'm going to get a new TV in December. She was sitting, let me paint the picture for y'all. We all at the dining table. We were all at the dining table. So I'm at one end of the dining table. She at the other end of the dining table. That's when she asked me the question, right? And I'm just telling y'all my life so that y'all can be free, all right? You don't got to like a word to receive a word for it to change your life. You don't got to, I'll say it again. You don't got to like the word to receive the word to change your life. So she said, when are you going to get a new TV? I said, I get one by no, by, by December. Uh, and my home and my boy passed there and said, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, a little bit. Cause you got, you got black Friday sales, right? That just makes sense. So, and I'm like, yeah. And, and, uh, and she got up out her seat and I already knew, I already knew where it's about to go. If she got to get up out of her seat to come talk to you, just just go ahead and get your band-aids ready. So she came up and sat by me, and she looked at me in the eyes and leaned over, and she said, mm-mm. She asked me a couple other questions. She said, you got seven days to get a TV. She said, you, she said, you got seven days to get a TV. She said, don't keep broke. I, 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 she did. She said, believers, don't keep broke stuff around their house. You got seven days. And, and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. My first thought was, I mean, and, and I'm just telling y'all because I'm trying to free folks. I know y'all need to go, go. I'm just telling y'all, you don't got to like a word to receive a word to be changed. So I heard what she was saying. And I'll be that, I'll be honest. My skin was kind of like, ugh, like that ain't what I planned to do, right? That ain't what I had set to do. And then she said, You already got the money to do it. Buy the TV, son. She said, You got seven days. Believers don't keep broke stuff around their house. Honestly, at that point, I thought she was gonna just make me take it down before she left, but she didn't. And so I, I said on that, and I said, Yes, ma'am. Said, yes, ma'am. Because here's the thing that you gotta learn. Even when your flesh don't agree, you agree with the person who you say have is is your God in the earth. And so I said, hey, yes, ma'am. 
Why? Because here's the thing. And see, some of us stay broke because we don't listen to our man and woman of God. I'm grown. I got my own job. I got my own income. I got all that. But when they speak concerning my life, they they God in the earth. And unless God says something different, which hasn't happened. Why? Because as my trusted shepherds, they hear God concerning the sheep in which they are over. And as sheep, it's not that I'm blind and I can't hear God. I understand that I stay in proximity. And sometimes the shepherd can see something that the sheep just can't see. And as a sheep, I don't go outside the gates trying to protect myself. Why? Because the shepherd is always looking out for me. So she said, get a TV in seven days. Y'all know what I did? It didn't even take me. Well, it did. It took me over 70 minutes because I had to do something. But I went to Sam. No, it didn't. Right after she left, I got on Best Buy and brought a TV, bought a TV. Now, I ended up going to get another one from Sam's Club, but I brought a TV that day. And guess what, guys? The money was already there, and I've gotten more money. It's crazy. As I spent more money to do stuff, because God told me to bless some people at Sam's Club, the money just came back into the cash app. And so that's the cycle. So you don't got to, and that's, that, that word of bless some of y'all right there. I know you don't got to like a word to receive a word to be blessed by the word. You just don't. And my prayer for you is this, that you will grow up. That you will grow up. It's, it's immaturity that wait, immature people waste other people's time. Why call you pastor? Why call you mentor? Why call you shepherd? If then when I come to you, you don't listen to what I say. That is immaturity and you're wasting the time of the the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, and everybody. You are a detriment to the kingdom because you are wasting folks' time. That's just the truth. Now, this is a whole nother message that we teach around, but you wasting folks' time. The, the Bible says, why call you Lord, Lord, and not do what you say? Why call them pastor? Why call them shepherd? Why say they're your spoken voice in the earth? Why say all this and then you don't do what they say? And, and when that comes to being on church on time, when that comes to making $100,000, it doesn't matter what you feel about yourself. When the word of the house is that you, everybody in the house can make six digits, it doesn't matter what you feel or how you like that word. You don't got to like it to receive it. But you got to receive it if you want it to bless your life. You don't got to like it to receive it. And so y'all give y'all offering, y'all give y'all tithes. Because at Fellowship of Champions, we have 100% tithers. And I tell you right now, you should be a tither. Because my tither worked for me this week. It produced for me this week. Because God care about everything. He care about me having my car fixed. He care about that. Yeah, I listen, I love this. Today I decided if I give folks instruction, they don't listen. I'm done talking. Go for Sarah, ma'am. Yeah. Why? Because even Jesus said, shake the dust, right? It is our job, right? 
The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. He then goes on to say, well, how should they hear without a preacher, right? So it's everybody's job to be a preacher, but if you're called to be a pastor, then it's our job to teach. But if you don't hear it, then that's not our fault. And what I'm not obligated to do for you is to answer every single time you call about the same issue when you ain't done the first thing I asked you to do. But see, people get offended with pastors because you're not always accessible. They're not supposed to be always accessible. They are teaching us how to grow up and live on our own. Right now for Ava and Ada, I don't know why we still talk, but we still talk. Y'all can log off and the people who need to hear this can stay on. But just like Ava and Aiden right now, they require different levels of engagement because they are different ages. I don't have to engage with Aiden the same way I engage with Ava because Aiden has matured enough to do some things independently based off the character that he understands of his parent, his father. But see what the problem is, we got folks who are 45 acting like a whole bunch of Avas. So the kingdom, the church can't do what it's designed to do because we still feeding 45-year-olds Similac. We still got 45-year-olds still taking uh, stage one baby food. Why? Because there has been a refusal to grow up because you just want people to pay you some attention. And then you get offended because nobody's paying you any attention. When, you, when, when Ava started walking, when the kids started walking, I wasn't there holding their hand every time they was walking. I, I mean, I was there, but they had to put forth some effort to learn how to walk. You got to put forth some effort to learn how to walk by faith. It's called getting into the word. It's called putting down HBO Max. It's called shutting down Spotify. It's called, called closing Netflix and learning to hear God because you spend enough time in his word to know his character. That's what it's called. And then when you feel like you don't know what to do and you call on your pastors, your shepherds, your leaders, then you allow them to be God's voice in the earth. And then what they tell you to do, then you exercise that. Or if you come to us, we're going to say, what did God say? That's what we're going to ask you. What did God say? And if you ain't hearing God, we'll help. We'll hear God with you. We'll help you walk through some scenarios. That's good, according to disobedience as you stuck in a tantrum and on formula. Gross, steady, and walk by faith. Man, I love y'all. And I, I mean, because I could be in here watching TV myself because Wednesdays and one night after Bible said I go watch TV. But uh, but God, I love, I'm telling y'all, we gotta grow up. I'm talking to myself included. We all gotta grow up. Uh, and what and, and Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean know I love them, but what I will tell you is this: we got some of the best pastors as ever. But as we grow up, and I'm talking about if you may be a virtual partner, I'm talking about your own church. Don't you wear your pastor out. Don't let October be the only month that you honor them. And you know how you can honor your, some of y'all like, well, what, you honor your pastor by doing what they say. Living out the word. Living out the word. 
Man, that, I mean, I love seeing all the testimonies, you know, about how people, uh, life is going, getting better. You live after word. Because this is what I know. God will bless you with shepherds to grow you up. But if you refuse to grow up, that's on you. That's on you. That's that's on you. And you can't get offended with the other sheep because the other sheep getting fat, but you won't come get fed. If the shepherd is out there feeding the sheep, but you refuse, but you refusing to come eat, that's on you that you stay skinny. But baby, in FOC, we got some fat sheep. We have FOC, we got sheep that are plenteous. Why? Because we understand that it's our obligation to be fed. It's our obligation to go. It's our obligation to know the word. It's our obligation. And we must be willing to do what God needs us to do to grow up. So I love y'all. I love y'all so much. We love you at FOC. But at the same time, we need everybody to grow up. Why? Because we're going to take over the world. And Pastor Edwin can't have churches in all 50 states and all in every continent if he don't got people that he can trust to manage those places. I mean, we want ambassadors everywhere. Why? Because FOC is global. We need that. But we can't do that with people that ain't immature. So I, I'm going to grow up and mature so I can be trusted. The kingdom can trust me. It can trust me to give. It can trust me to obey. It can trust me to say what God wants me to say. The king, I can be trusted by the kingdom. As y'all leave tonight, say that. I can be trusted by the kingdom. 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 And see, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Why? Because God going to give you opportunity this week, tomorrow, to see if he can trust you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back and talk next week probably on disobedience because I still hear God talking about disobedience. Some of y'all are disobedient now because you, you've been disobedient your whole life. Your life today is built off wages. It's not built off blessings. You can count everything and you just count it as a blessing, but it's a wage. The Bible talks about if a man does good at his job, he should earn a wage. And a lot of us are living off wage. A lot of people are living off wages and you're not living off blessings, but you're calling it that. You got to be obedient, man. You got to be obedient. So we'll be back next week. Next week, unless the Lord say something different, we're we going to be talking about obedience because as we end this year, we're going to obey our way into receiving every single thing that God wants us to have. Because obedience always leads to prosperity. Man, we okay. Obedience always leads to prosperity. So you're already blessed. Know that you're blessed regardless of what you see. The blessing has nothing to do with what you see. And know that your obedience will always release the full power of the blessing to produce in your life. All right, y'all be blessed. I love y'all. That's the third, fourth closing. So we done. I'm about to hit uh, this button to end the pro broadcast. So join us Friday though, 6.30 a.m. for uh, Champion Circle, Circle Champ Champion Circle Prayer, 6.30 a.m. Set your alarm. All right. Be blessed.